good morning and good to see you all here for this hour of worship. If you're worshiping with us as a visitor today, uh, let me say right up front that we're glad to have you here and that we hope that you will join us for communion. Um, the United Methodist Church practices what we call open communion, which means that the good Lord has invited us to come and his invitation is the only one you need. So uh, we hope you'll feel free to join us as we celebrate the Lord's Supper. And the way we do that here is there will be um, individual plates with the bread on them, the, them already, and then I will be walking by with um, uh, the uh, juice of communion. So uh, we do invite you to join us for that. We have uh, several announcements to call to your attention. Um, children, remember that tonight... Mission Kids Bible Study and Choir that you will meet Miss Jessica and Miss Katie here in the sanctuary at 5.30 for rehearsal. Parents, when you come back to pick the children up, they will be upstairs in the Family Life Center in the classroom at 7 o'clock. So Mission Kids are also reminded to bring pillowcases for the fall mission project which we will complete next week. The children will be singing next Sunday morning at 11 o'clock uh, in honor of the children's Sabbath observance. Uh, please join us as the children present the music that they have been learning since the school year started. This coming Wednesday night is the time for the first Wednesday night supper, um, already in October here. It will be at 5.30 in the social hall. The menu is chicken Milano, uh, salad, rolls, dessert, and tea. Pizza and activities are available for the children during that time. Reservations are not required, but they are helpful. So let us know if you can in the church office if you're coming. Uh, can you support our children's annual Halloween carnival and trunk or treat by volunteering to help with the carnival or donating candy or small prizes? Donations will be accepted in Katie's office or at the church office between now and Sunday, October the 30th. Um, see Miss Katie if you have any questions. The Christmas choir will begin its work in the near future and is actually beginning a week earlier than uh, we have announced. Uh, the 12th, right, is when they actually gonna crank up uh, getting ready for Christmas. Does not, well, it seems a little more realistic after this chilly weekend we've had that the, the weather's coming isn't it so uh, we do invite folks who are not able to be in the choir year-round to um, to come and be a part of the Christmas choir it certainly is a very meaningful experience and a blessing to everyone who uh, who participates so hope that you will do that let us now begin our time together in worship
seated, please. <clears throat> Our opening prayer is on page six in the front of your hymnal. I invite you to join me now as we pray that prayer. Almighty God, to you all hearts are open, all desires known, and from you no secrets are hidden. Cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name through Jesus Lord. Amen. After the children's moments this morning, uh, Patsy Farmer and Harriet Johnson will be taking the children upstairs to, uh, to the library. But at this time, I invite the children to come forward to join Kevin Duncan for a few moments of sharing. you a quick question. What do I have here? Y'all recognize this? Book bag? What do we use a book bag for? Like what kind of stuff? Books? Tools? Okay. Water? Yeah, that's good. Because one of the first things is, yes, we do use this to carry books to school, but one of the things, what if some people use backpacks, say, if they're going hiking or if they're going camping? And what type of things would they carry in there if they were going on a long trip? Food, clothes, water, tent. Yeah, the main essentials. And why that's reflective today is two of the things that we would carry in here if we were going on a journey or going camping would be like water and food, right? Can't go very far if we don't have those two things, right? Well, what are we celebrating today? If you look up there, what do we have up there? What are we going to be doing later in the service? Communion, that's right, taking communion. And this thing is uh, symbolism of Jesus as well, this book bag, because we will take the bread, which Jesus was the bread of life, and it's the semblance of his body, right? That we take that in remembrance of him. And we'll also drink the juice, which was a symbolism of his blood, the ultimate sacrifice that he gave when he gave his life and he was crucified. But those are the things that we're going to need, because obviously without food and water, we wouldn't go very far. Also in our lives, if we don't have Jesus in our lives, we're not going to make it very far either, right? So I'll challenge you all this week as you go to school and you have your backpack on, think about the long journey that life is and think about the things that you need, not just books or water or food, but you also need Jesus in your life, all right? Let us pray. Lord, thank you so much uh, today. Thank you for these children and thank you for communion and what it means. Thank you for... Uh, the life of Jesus, the ultimate sacrifice he paid. And help us take this communion today as semblance of him and help us in our daily walk. We ask all these things in Christ's name. Amen. being prompted here. Did the, are the children going to go after the anthem? Is that what it is? Because Harriet's got to stay? Is that what it is? We need her voice. Okay, I didn't know whether the children left or not. but uh, Okay, we'll see about that in a few minutes.
This time we're privileged to share in a moment of uh, the sacrament of baptism. Not many Sundays we have both sacraments at the same time, or the same service, but uh, we have the sacrament of baptism and also an opportunity to welcome two folks into our membership following that. And so I, this time, would like to invite um, Courtney and, uh, um, oh, come on, Arthur. Dustin, 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 to come forward. It's written down. I was looking to make sure. These folks will be getting married here in a few months, and we're, we're delighted to have them in our community. Uh, Courtney is transferring from uh, the Baptist tradition, and uh, uh, what's his name here? Is uh, <laughs> I even got it on for you, your name right there. See, Dustin um, is is coming to us on profession of faith after receiving baptism. Some of you that follow sports talk uh, know about the radio station that Dustin works with and for, and so we're glad to have these folks in our area. And I do know your name. Beloved, for as much as all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, and our Savior Christ said, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God, I beseech you to call upon God the Father through our Lord Jesus Christ, that of his goodness he will grant uh, forgiveness of sins as you are baptized with the Holy Spirit and received into Christ's church this day. So let us pray. Almighty and everlasting God, the aid of all who need, the helper of all who call upon you for comfort, the life of all who believe, and the resurrection of the dead, we call upon you for this, your servant, that he coming to holy baptism may receive forgiveness of sins and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Receive him, O Lord, as you have received us, because you promised so by your Son, Jesus Christ, and grant that he may be a faithful follower of, of yours all the days of his life, and finally come to the eternal kingdom which you have promised through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. I invite you to turn to page 44 in your hymnal so you can assume some uh, vows of responsibility for these folks. <coughs> Dustin, as you come for this moment of baptism, I ask you if you um, accept Jesus Christ as your Savior. If so, will you say, I do? Do you believe in God the Father, Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, and the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life? If so, will you say, I do? Do you desire to be baptized into this faith? Will you follow the Lord's will and his way all the days of your life? If so, will you say, I will? I think I'll get you to kneel here if you would. And Dustin, your full name is Dustin Wayne. Dustin Wayne. Dustin Wayne, I baptize you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Lord, we pray that as Dustin grows in years, he might also continue to grow in his faith and in his trust in Jesus Christ. And may he come to understand the love that you have for him expressed supremely in Christ our Lord, in whose name we pray. Amen. I'll let you stand back up. <laughs> then there is a question to ask of folks joining the church for the first time and uh, to folks transferring from other traditions, and that is to ask you to faithfully live out your commitment to Christ in our midst. And so the question is, will you be loyal to the United Methodist Church? And... Um, uh, show that loyalty through your prayers, your presence, your gifts, and your service. If so, will you say, I will? Well, you got water falling all over you. <laughs> I told him I wasn't going to pick him up like I do the other babies. <laughs> Turn to uh, that section in the uh, hymnal, and I ask you now, friends of the household of faith, I commend your love and care. This, these persons whom we this day recognize as members of this family of God, Will you endeavor so to live that they may grow in the knowledge and love of God the Father through our Savior, Jesus Christ? Amen. 
now may God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit bless, preserve, and keep you both. You've got family with you today. Glad to have you folks here as well. And we welcome you. We look forward to celebrating a happy wedding here around Christmas time. Glad to have you here. And uh, folks who are in charge of our basketball program, talk with Dustin a little while, please. Prayer for Illumination is found on page 6. I invite you as, uh, to turn to that page and join me as we pray together. It's on the bottom of page 6. Lord, open our hearts and minds by the power of your Holy Spirit, that as the scriptures are read and your word proclaimed, we may hear with joy what you say to us today. Amen. Scripture reading for the day is Philippians 3, verses 4b through 14. If anyone else thinks he has reasons to put confidence in the flesh, I have more. Circumcised on the eighth day of the people of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews, in regard to the law of Pharisee, as for zeal, persecuting the church, as for legalistic righteousness, faultless, but whatever was to my profit, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. What is more, I consider everything a loss compared to the surpassing greatness of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things. I consider them rubbish that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness that comes from God and is by faith. I want to know Christ and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of, of sharing in his suffering, becoming like him in his death, and so somehow to attain to the resurrection from the dead. Not that I have already obtained this or have already been made perfect, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. Here ends the lesson. Today is World Communion Sunday a day when churches all around our globe celebrate the unity that we share together in Christ Jesus. And we celebrate this by an action that we all hold as sacred, and that is the sacrament of communion. World Communion Sunday dates back to the 1930s, and so most of us grew up in that tradition and may have thought that it's been there, you know, always, but it's a uh, it's within this uh, recent century anyway, uh, 20th and 21st, that we have been observing this. It's fairly clear at this point that unity in the church will never be achieved through organizational mergers and unions. The fact of the matter is every time two of our big denominations get together, about two or three new denominations are born out of those mergers as a group of churches decide not to go along with it. And so the efforts to join churches organically have, have met with more failure than uh, success. And therefore, churches in recent years have sought another way of unity that is achieved by recognizing the validity of each other's sacraments and ordination and just working together in peace in a community. The Evangelical Lutheran Church in America and the United Methodist Church have arrived at a place of such mutual recognition that our pastors may be assigned across denominational lines. I guess it's a good thing that I am planning to retire before I'm appointed to a Lutheran congregation 
where I would have to learn to sing all the responsive readings instead of just speak them. But today as we receive Holy Communion, we are being reminded that in Christ, all Christians are indeed united in one family. The epistle reading for this day seemed to fit well into this theme of unity. Paul talks about one of the things that had bred division in our world, namely our various heritages. Now I really appreciate all of our different heritages and I want to encourage you to discover and celebrate yours. This past year I've had more fun discovering about how my branch of the Holt family came to America from Lancashire, England in the mid-1600s. They left a town with a wonderful name, Rochdale. I hope they left the roaches when they came. And even if your ancestry is a little less than stellar, it still is something to be celebrated. We are a, we're a remarkable creation of God that we have uh, spread out on the world, all over the world as we have. My heritage is such that uh, my ancestors are well documented. The first thing that they did after they came to Maryland was get a most uh, loudly protested divorce. Uh, Mrs. Holt said she'd just soon kill her husband as keep living with him. I'm not sure that any of those folks were kin to Penny's family, but I trust not. Uh, but, uh, you know, you can still celebrate your heritage, even if you have some skeletons in the closet. None of our families, though, are better than others. And even among people of similar skin color, we can easily divide up over our various family uh, divisions and, and uh, roots. In Great Britain, for example, people are more conscious of the fact that they're from Scotland, England, Ireland, or Wales, than the fact that they actually share a common ancestor if you go back far enough. In the Mideast, all of those warring people know that they're descendants of Abraham, but still the sons of Isaac and the sons of Ishmael are unable to get along. Our heritage can become points of division in our world. Proud of his heritage, uh, Paul told us something about that. He was a member of the chosen people his family clan was the tribe of Benjamin. He practiced his religion carefully by joining the strictest of their groups, the Pharisees. He considered himself to be without sin. He was so careful in keeping the law of Moses. For the longest time, this was all that mattered to Paul. He considered himself set apart from ordinary Hebrews and from all the other people of that ancient world. The circle of his family was so small, the people that he accepted were so few. The person, if not a Pharisee, would not be someone that Paul would want to associate with. But Paul's world got turned upside down when he met Jesus on the road, road to Damascus. In time, Paul came to believe that it was his godly heritage that had blinded him from receiving Jesus Christ. He carefully had drawn a circle so small that it had kept Jesus outside of his circle of friends. This reality caused Paul to take stock of his entire life and he decided that some things that he thought were treasures were merely garbage instead. He finally decided that everything he had depended on to tell him who he was and all that he had depended on to put him in right standing with God was rubbish worthy of a landfill. Those things didn't matter that much after the Damascus Road when compared with the great wealth of knowing Jesus Christ as his Lord. Like the pearl merchant of that parable of Jesus, once Paul met Jesus, the pearl of great price, all the lesser pearls lost their luster. When family heritage, Phariseeism, and dependence upon the law of Moses for righteousness with God were tossed in the landfill by Paul, then he was free to love anybody and everybody that Jesus loved and had died for. His circle of friends opened up very widely all of a sudden, and Paul discovered that in Christ he really had more in common 
with former pagans from Greece than he did with members of his own heritage. Whereas his old life had been all about separating himself from unacceptable people, Paul's new life was all about finding unity with others through Christ Jesus. The point of that unity, Paul said, was to be found in Christ Jesus and having a right relationship with God based upon what Jesus had done on the cross. I want to know Christ and the power of his resurrection, Paul said. And as I read that this week, I thought to myself, you know, I want that too. I want to know Jesus better tomorrow than I do today. I want to love people tomorrow that today I'm not able to love, that today I don't even like. The church of Jesus Christ is so splintered into so many different groups with different heritages that those heritages keep, tend to keep us separated from one another. I am with Calvin, some say. We follow our Pope, others say. We are with Wesley, we answer them. But today we remember that how we baptize, how we receive communion, how we worship are all rubbish when compared with our being in Christ, having that righteousness that comes from God by faith in Jesus, daily experiencing him, resurrecting us to new life from the deadness of sin. We are one with each other when we say, I want to know Christ. I want that too. Amen. In response to the proclamation of the good news, I invite you to turn to page 7 as we stand and join together in the ecumenical version of uh, the affirmation of faith, the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day he rose again. He ascended into heaven, is seated at the right hand of the Father, and will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Please be seated. Let us join our hearts together in prayer. Lord, we pray that the world may live in peace and that the church may achieve unity fulfilling its service here and everywhere. We pray that all ministers and teachers of the church may be faithful servants of the gospel, leading others into its way of life and strengthening their faith. We pray that the leaders of this nation and of the world may govern with justice and mercy, that our work may be done for the common good and that it be done in safety, and that all may be spared from grinding toil which destroys fullness of life. We pray that those who work on frontiers of truth and those who enrich our lives with beauty may be free to follow their vocations. We pray that those who suffer disease or poverty or loneliness or grief may be healed and comforted, that those who are oppressed or persecuted may be strengthened and delivered. And we pray that those whom we've known and loved who have died in the faith may be a glorious memory to us and a source of renewed fellowship with all the saints. These are our prayers through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Christ, our Lord, invites to his table all who love him, who earnestly repent of their sin and seek to live in peace with one another. Therefore, let us confess our sin before God and one another. The prayer of confession is at the top of page 8. Merciful God, we confess that we have not loved you with our whole heart, we have failed to be an obedient church. We have not done your will. We have broken your law. We have rebelled against your love. We have not loved our neighbors, and we have not heard the cry of the needy. Forgive us, we pray. Free us for joyful obedience. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Hear the good news. 
Christ died for us while we were yet sinners. That proves God's love toward us. In the name of Jesus Christ, you are forgiven. Glory to God. Amen. As forgiven and reconciled people, let us offer ourselves and our gifts to God as we receive our morning offering. Join me in the great thanksgiving on page 9 of your hymnal. The Lord be with you. And also with you. Lift up your hearts. We lift them up to the Lord. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right to give our thanks and praise. It is right and a good and joyful thing always and everywhere to give thanks to you, Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. You formed us in your image and breathed into us the breath of life. When we turned away and our love failed, your love remained steadfast. You delivered us from captivity, 
made covenant to be our sovereign God and spoke to us through your prophets. And so with your people on earth and all the company of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending hymn. Holy, holy, holy Lord, God of power and might, heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Holy are you and blessed is your son Jesus Christ. Your spirit anointed him to preach good news to the poor, to proclaim release to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed and to announce the time had come when you would save your people. He healed the sick, fed the hungry and ate with sinners. By the baptism of his suffering, death, and resurrection, you gave birth to your church, delivered us from slavery to sin and death, and made with us a new covenant by water and the Spirit. When the Lord Jesus ascended, he promised to be with us always in the power of your word and Holy Spirit. On the night in which he gave himself up for us, he took bread, gave thanks to you, broke the bread, gave it to his disciples and said, take, eat, this is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. When the, when the supper was over, he took the cup, gave thanks to you, gave it to his disciples and said, drink from this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. And so in remembrance of these, your mighty acts in Jesus Christ, we offer ourselves in praise and thanksgiving as a holy and living sacrifice in union with Christ's offering for us as we proclaim the mystery of faith. Christ has died, Christ is risen, Christ will come again. Pour out your Holy Spirit on us gathered here and on these gifts of bread and wine. Make them be for us the body and blood of Christ, that we may be for the world the body of Christ, redeemed by his blood. By your spirit, make us one with Christ, one with each other, and one in ministry to all the world, until Christ comes in final victory, and we feast at his heavenly banquet. Through your Son, Jesus Christ, with the Holy Spirit and your holy church, all honor and glory is yours, Almighty Father, now and forever. Amen. And now, with the confidence of children of God, let us pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins, as we forgive those who sin against us. Save us from the time of trial, and deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours, now and forever. Amen. Because there is one loaf, we who are many are one body, for we all partake of the one loaf. The bread which we break is a sharing in the body of Christ, and the cup over which we give thanks is a sharing in the blood of Christ.
The concluding prayer is on page 11, about three-fourths of the way down. Let us pray. Eternal God, we give you thanks for this holy mystery in which you have given yourself to us. Grant that we may go into the world in the strength of your spirit to give ourselves for others. In the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord.